All right, bear with me. Who was at the game on Friday? Did y'all go to the game on Friday? Did people got to go? Did y'all, did you get to go or not? Did you, did you go? Did you win? Okay. You heard something like, I don't know, I'm gonna imitate it. I was never a cheerleader. I was a terrible, I would've been a terrible cheerleader. But you heard something like, if I say go, you say comets, right? Go, okay, just let's do it, okay, ready? If I say go, you say comets. Go. Comets. A little louder, come on. Go. Comets. A little louder, go. Comets. If you were in the football field, and I said go, and you said comets, what would the players feel? Kind of demoralized, right? Hey guys, are you there or not, right? That's what the players would be like. Hey, are you with us? Sometimes you see the sports players like kind of yawn at the cheers, the, the fans like, be with us in the game. You're all in, or are you all in? And you show it with your response. If I say go, you say comments. Go. Comments. Go. Comments. You guys are, okay, well, whatever. I'm not good at that. But the same thing holds all the more so when it comes to praising him. If I say hallelujah, what do you say? Hallelujah, right? No, if I say hallelujah, what do you say? Hallelujah. I know you know what it means, because it's a Hebrew word, but it means praise God. Hallelujah. Louder. Hallelujah. Why are we here, if not to do even more than what we do at a football game, but to cheer and give thanks and praise to God, who's won a great victory, the ultimate victory, for you and for me, for your soul, and from my soul. But if we're not in it, it's because we don't know why we're here. Sometimes if you drag your little sibling to the football game and they don't understand football and they don't know why they're there, well, when you cheer and are excited with your friends for your friends on the field as well, your little sibling is like lost and bored and their cheers look like it. It's because they don't know why they're there. But as you grow in your experience of what God does for us, you know why you come to the Mass. And your participation in the Mass looks like it. This encourages us as we go forward in the celebration today. Let it look like we know why we are here. Let it look like I have something to say to God who's given me some blessing or gift in the last few days, weeks, or months. I'm thankful to God. And so the priest sometimes says, The Lord be with you. And what do you say? And with your spirit. But try to say it like you mean it. Try to say it like you're into it. We say in a little while, like, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. You mean it. I mean, there's the choir singing with all their hearts. They're singing beautifully, but we want to mean it from our hearts. It's actually interesting. That ties in just a little bit. Our Lord, in the readings today, reminded us that sometimes His ways, the ways of His kingdom, which was planted in your hearts and my heart at our baptism, doesn't go with the ways of the world. Doesn't feel like it's going to go with what's comfortable. Sometimes in our, in our broken self, there's, there's a real tension that our Lord's pointing out. And He calls it in various ways. It's the ways of the world, the earthly ways, versus the world of the kingdom of heaven, the way of the flesh, versus the way of the spirit, the old man, the old self of sin and brokenness that has to die for the new man to fully live, the new woman to fully live, the one I'm called to be. The seed of baptism has to grow at the cost of the dying of the seed of sin that's in my life. And so there's a tension, and that's a law in our members, it's a law in our, in our way of life. It's actually a secret to the formula of human happiness that our Lord was trying to reveal to us. We tend to indulge the things that actually don't make us happy. 
We tend to overindulge temporal things. And if you notice, I mean, think of just any addiction. The more you indulge certain things, the more miserable you become. And you can't be free from those indulgences, those gratifications. I want immediate satisfaction now, and I don't know why I can't lose weight, why I'm overweight. I want to be good in football, but I'm too lazy at practice, and I don't know why I keep dropping the ball, can't keep up with the defender, can't make the tackle. And I'm frustrated with myself. There's a real tension. And we're called to understand it first and to recognize that that law of unhappiness. The more I indulge the temporal things, the world, the things of the flesh, the more miserable I become. That's why Jesus would say, Woe to you if you do so. It wasn't like meant to be just a, an arbitrary curse. He says, Woe to you if you indulge now. You'll never be happy. That's why St. Paul goes on, Put to death then the parts of you that are earthly, your immorality, your impurity, your passion, your evil desire, and your greed. Put to death then your anger, your fury, your malice, your obscene language. Everyone now and then asks, I get asked, Father, is it wrong to say bad words? Is it sinful to curse? Like, well, St. Paul mentions it, so we just keep it in mind. Our slander. Stop lying. You have taken off the old self with these practices and you've put on the new self. You need to unindulge the old and to overindulge perhaps the spiritual, the new, the things of heaven. But it's a law of our happiness it's, it's, and it's a law of self-denial. It's a vital part of our human existence and it applies everywhere that there's a need for discipline. So much of human life, it's given to us not already perfected, towards immediate gratification, but rather underdeveloped, and I need to discipline and develop it. That's just the way we're made. We are gradual, and we need to work to build the, fin the finished product. Sometimes we're asked, how come God allows suffering and unfairness and not, ha not getting my way immediately? How come God allows that? Doesn't he want me happy? And if you think about it, this law of self-denial, if you know someone whose humanity, whose who's Selfishness never suffered. The kid who always got his way, he always got what he wanted, when he wanted, the way he wanted it. You know what happened to that kid? He never grew up as a human being. It's impossible. Because we are made according to this formula and not another one. The formula of self-indulgence doesn't work for your joy, for your happiness, for the finding of your purpose in life. It's a law of self-denial. Blessed are those who are not having everything they want sometimes in this life. They will be fulfilled later. They will grow up. They will come to a fullness of their humanity. But that applies in so many ways to everything. Any talent you have. I touched on football, but like musicians, like you want to play the guitar really well. And you want to have it right away, but it doesn't work that way. It takes work, practice over and over again. You get blisters on your fingers. And you push through that pain. And you become a fantastic guitar player. Our self-care. I want to look good. I want to be a muscular person. I want to be in fit, fit and in tone with, with my, my makeup. But I got to eat right. I can't have the peanut butter M&Ms that I love so much. I can't give in to the fourth and fifth cookie after, after snack. I, I got to go to the gym and I hate the gym. 
But if I don't do it, if I don't denial, deny the default broken tendencies, then I never grow. And I look for a happiness that I can never reach. Relationships, guys, friendship, real friendship takes work. You want to be a true friend, you got to deny your laziness when they're inviting you out and you're like, I just don't feel like hanging out, hanging out with my friends. I feel lazy today, I'm just going to indulge. Well, I'm being moved to call a friend, and I'm like, well, I'm too busy playing with the cool friends. I don't want to call that friend. She doesn't fit in with our group. Well, then you're not a true friend. And your friendship muscle, your ability to love, is pretty fragile. I've shared this before, I think, but sometimes, like, lovers, like, spouses, like, you want to be able to tell your spouse, like, my love for you is not fragile. You can count on me when I feel like it and when I don't. But that takes self-denial. That takes a building of the muscle of friendship. The muscle of love, it's a muscle. Because let's face it, selfish love and lust and using people, that's much easier than really loving the person for their own sake. It's easy to love them for my sake. It's easy to be friends with someone when I get something out of it. But to be a true friend to that person for their own sake, that takes muscle. That takes true love that's been formed and forged. And that takes denying the selfishness and the other things that hurt and undermine love. All the more so when it comes to the spiritual life. It's a law of self-denial. If I'm always indulging the flesh, if I'm always giving into my wants, my desires, my appetites here on earth, my sins, all these tendencies that I have, I can't grow closer to the Lord. I can't reach Him. He's calling me to follow Him. There's a restlessness in my heart, but I'm too weak to stand. And I'm lying there kind of lazy on the ground, and He's like, get up, my son, my daughter, get up. But I have to deny those tendencies in myself that are broken. It doesn't work otherwise. So many times I hear people say, well, I didn't get anything out of Mass. I didn't get anything out of God or my spiritual life. What's the purpose? I get nothing out of it. Well, if you didn't do the, the heavy lifting, you're not going to look any different. It takes a little bit of a human effort. Yes, it's, it's mostly God's grace, but it takes a little bit of our human effort and especially an effort of self-denial. You notice in Catholic circles, we get confused. People ask us, like, why, why do Catholics have this thing about not eating meat or doing some small sacrifice on Fridays, the day Jesus laid down his life for you? Well, on the one hand, it's remembering, like, yes, today someone died for me. I want to kind of live with a little bit of self-offering as well. Lord, don't die for me alone. Can I die in some small way today out of my love for you? But also, it's that law of discipline. I'm going to underindulge my appetites a little more today. At least once a week, if not more. You have the season of Lent or Advent, you give up something, you deny something in some small way. Or you do something that's harder for you a little more in those seasons. Because it's a reminder of this fundamental daily law of life. Woe to you if you indulge now, you will be miserable forever. But blessed are you if you can allow yourself to go without a little bit you'll discover the secret to the human happiness that I have made for you. Because you are broken in this life. I've come to heal you. But the medicine of self-denial can be a little hard to, sometimes to swallow. If you've heard of Exodus 90 or other programs, they're getting a lot of popularity because they're reminding the human heart in men and women that there is a truth to this secret of the human heart. This law of self-denial, it's hard to embrace. But there's no happiness, there's no fullness of life without it. And our Lord was reminding us, 
We ask the Holy Spirit to help us really indulge in the mass, in the spiritual gifts He's given us, and to maybe underindulge our laziness, the things of this world, our earthliness, our brokenness, our sinfulness, our passions, our distractions. Let us discipline those things a little bit. So that perhaps at the end of our journey, we hear our Lord say, Blessed are you who went without a little bit in your life on earth. I have great joys for you now, for all eternity. Amen? St. Charles Borromeo. Pray for us.